right, let's, let's do, do this. this. <laughs> Jinx. Brother, sister bullshit, right? You owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it honestly just comes right. out of nowhere. Here too. we go. Oh. What? Oh. Oh, what is this madness? Oh. What up, everybody? <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, welcome. <laughs> Episode three of The Hot Box, sponsored by Demary Vibes. And today, we have a very... Very, 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 very <laughs> special guest. Yeah, the one and only Mr. Bobby Hustle. Yay! Hey! Am I attempting? All right, she's gonna attempt. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, we gotta label these. I don't have right, to we'll... label. Oh, there, there we, we go. go. There we go. She finally got it. The red one. Yeah. Just remember that. She's been yes. here all day, by the way. And it's damn. I couldn't get it. Hey guys, what up? Happy to be here. We're glad to have you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what you been up to? Um, man, uh, today, taking it easy. It's almost tax season, so I was talking to my uh, <laughs> tax guy about getting in there tomorrow, getting ready. I have a show tomorrow night in uh, San Diego, and then the day after that, I'm flying to Florida for a couple of shows this weekend, so getting some things together for that. Okay. And Man, I got a million things going on, so yeah, but I, I uh, wanted to make some time and Brave the uh, Los Angeles traffic and <laughs> get over here and yes. smoke a joint with you guys. Sir. And, and we were talking about how long it took you to get here. How long? Like an hour and 20 minutes? Yeah. From like yeah. downtown LA to here? Yeah, it was an only yeah, and what, we appreciate thir- 30 it. miles, less than 30 miles. Right. Like that, so not the best time <laughs> to go. Not the best time, but the best time for here. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. I'm happy to be here and thankful you guys are having me and um, impressed. Are you? Oh, you like our little shindig? All right, I, I'm yeah. impressed <laughs> with most of, most of the things you do, Mo. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. So I she's turning red. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so let's get into it. What questions okay. you have? Because I know you know. Wait, I know a lot. What okay, do you want to know? Wait, wait, wait. wait what? What? Well, what's the whole want some water? <laughs> uh, I got water. Okay, for sure. <laughs> what's the whole premise of this? <laughs> you guys just everything and I anything. smoke weed and you guys ask me shit. Yeah, basically. Hell yeah. <laughs> we could swear or yeah, yes. we can cuss. Okay. Fucking shit. Well, I, <laughs> I just want to make sure I don't have to censor um, yourself. Be aware. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh. Great. Yeah, anything well, goes. Shoot. I'm All right. Smoking so weed. So let's go. I was on the way over here and like I already mentioned, I was not a fan of reggae. Mm-hmm. It took her to get me on to reggae and really start vibing with it and feeling it. On the way over here, I was going through most of your catalog. Yeah. Listen to Cali 101, loved it. Mm-hmm. Got into the habit, I was loving it. Mm-hmm. And then I stumbled on one that hit me. Guess what it is? I can't guess. There's 150 of them. <laughs> I don't know. Another one gone. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, and no, I stumbled on that. And I was listening to it. It was hitting me in the feels, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Are you crying? Um, I kind of started thinking and reminiscing about like <laughs> people in my past. Mm-hmm. Where were you when you were writing that? Um, that song is, mm-hmm. it's called Another One Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in 2015 on my debut album. Um, so I was, it was 2014. It must've been when I wrote and recorded that. So I was living in Seattle, uh, sleeping at the studio. I had given up, um, my place that I was living at to just to like focus full time on uh, music and not uh, 
not trying to have like the overhead of rent and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I would just sleep on this uh, air mattress at the studio that I was working out of and uh, recording at. And um, I think that <coughs> I think that I actually wrote that song um, just out of a similar place that you probably felt like when you were uh, when you were listening to it, which is that like sitting by yourself and reminiscing on uh, times that were but will never be again, okay. you know, and yeah. and both good and bad and, and some people that you um, won't see again for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, you lost them mm-hmm. as, as a friend or you actually, like, lost them in the physical, you know, and they're not here with us anymore. Um, I think I... In a lot of my songs, I draw inspiration from just daily life and not necessarily my life, but things that I see happening around me, too. Yeah. So I feel like uh, I wrote that as like a, it's like a, a combination of, of both my own personal experience of like growing apart from friendships, but still valuing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just uh, actually having people gone, gone, like you can't get them back, you know. And we all have that experience yeah, right. in, in some way, so... I don't know if the people out there are familiar with that song, but it's totally not a reggae song either. Like, I mean, it has reggae elements mm-hmm. to it. Like, it, when you hear my, uh, we call it like style and pattern, like the way that I flow, you can never uh, take the reggae out of that because that's what I grew up loving. Right. Um, but when you put that on a more like traditionally like poppy, rock poppy sort of i don't know i don't know how to describe that it's not exactly a reggae song it has reggae elements but i think that's why maybe that's more of a a wider appeal for people interestingly enough about that song Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna i'm gonna stop rambling after this but (laughs) ramble you're good at (laughs) i have that song on my phone here Uh it's called another one gone and it's the first song every fucking time when i plug my phone into the to the usb and it plays, and sometimes I'm in the mood, and I'm like, it hits me. I'm like, ah, oh, it's good. Sometimes I hear that shit, and I'm like, I gotta delete this song because <laughs> I hear it because I, I hear it so many freaking times. Right. Like every time I get in my car and I plug in and I go into uh, like select something before I can even select something, it starts playing. It starts playing. And I'm like, <laughs> and yeah. Anyway, gotcha. Yeah, but thanks. I I like that song. Um, if you haven't ever heard that song, it's called Another One Gone. I have a really, really, uh, really big catalog, and that one uh, came out on my debut album in 2015. So, yeah. Nice. All right. I need to know, how did you come up with the name Bobby Hustle? Um, well, it was given to me. Yeah, um, I know that part. <laughs> when I was like, uh, I think I was probably 17 or 18. Oh, that part. Okay. Um, we used to... Um, we used there. I mean, weed used to be around a lot, and we would move with it a lot, and that was the thing. And then, um, when I was like in my twenties, I started DJing. This was like right at the end of vinyl. Okay. Um, not to date myself, but it was like 2005 or something like that. I was in my early twenties, and uh, um, you could still buy. Primarily, the way you got new Jamaican reggae music was uh, through vinyl records. Everything was transitioning to Serato and uh, WAV files and MP3s at that time. But 
in places like Jamaica, they were they were still operating like a few years behind, you know, in that term, mm-hmm. in that respect. And so when we were like searching for the newest Jamaican music, because like as a kid, I, I like I liked Sublime and I got in Sublime, but I I like pivoted a l- pretty early from like listening to American um, takes on reggae music to listening to like Jamaican reggae music, and the stuff I was listening to was contemporary for the early two thousands. So we were able to buy that on vinyl, and I started DJing at it. And so people used to call me Bobby Hustle when I was doing my thing, and I was like, oh, boom, DJ Bobby Hustle. So I started DJing as Bobby Hustle, um, and then, actually not and then, meanwhile, the whole time I had been writing lyrics since I was like 12 years old. If I, pl- if I showed you some of the stuff, I have it like at my mom's place, just like books of lyrics. Wow. Of nonsense. <laughs> Do you look back and just like cringe? <coughs> You're well, like, damn, I, I write that. Yeah, it's at my mom's <laughs> house and it's gonna stay there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I um, grew and grew and grew and grew, and then like eventually, I um, was living in Colorado. I went to school out there uh, after high school, uh, and what that's where I started DJing. I was buying the. I was buying the vinyl from an uh, online distributor that doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. Shout out Ernie Bees. Uh, ErnieBees.com for all the OGs who know. <laughs> there was a West Coast distributor for, I mean, there was an East Coast, and a West, there were you could get records from a few different places, but in the 2000s, for people that lived in Cali, Oregon, and Washington, I'm from Seattle, that's where you'd go, was to get the records from Ernie Bees, or there were still record shops who most likely got the records from Ernie Bees. Um, <coughs> anyway, so I started DJing, doing that thing simultaneously, writing lyrics, and then um, I would put, you know, how uh, oftentimes they would have the song on one side of the record, and then the other side of the record, it would have the instrumental. And so I would play the instrumental and just like in my living room yeah. while I was okay. in college, do my thing. And I would like write lyrics about what I was learning about in school. And it was less nonsense, but it was still nonsense, you know? Like not not, not nonsense, a little harsh, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like appealing to I th- probably I think like a wider audience, you know. It was just like me learning, you know, and growing. And then I moved back to Seattle. Uh, and the guys that I linked up with, I was telling you earlier, I went mm-hmm. I've known these guys since I was in the fourth grade. They're uh, now they're called Loud City, but back in uh, 2010, 2009, yeah, something like that. They went by Dynasty Records, and they were working at that time already. You know, we were in our 20s, but they were working with as producers, making uh, instrumentals and rhythms and recording and mixing for uh, people like Anthony B, Perfect Kid Imani, Luton Faya, Turbulence, um, a whole host of uh, Jamaican acts that were coming through the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. They would go into the studio and make the connection. And so when I came back into the scene, they were already building instrumentals and rhythms and in the studio with these artists. So I just kind of jumped in and turned into a little fly on the wall, soaked up as much as I could. The name Bobby Hustle, back to your original question, uh, stuck with that. And I went from being you know, a DJ just playing the music and writing lyrics in my own living room to actually going into a studio being surrounded by other people that are doing it and actually influential um, and soaking up game and 
starting to create. And then around 2010, I actually released the first track that was Bobby Hustle. So now we are 13 years later, and 150 songs. And I was actually wow. just I was Good actually shit. just up at uh, in Seattle mixing my new album, and my producer friend Dan, who I mentioned I've known since fourth grade, was like, man. These songs are so good. You have so many songs. Like, you need to delete. You need to get rid of some of those old songs that, like, people don't know. And they're, like, super old. And they're not really, like, who you are now. And all these things. And we had this sort of, like, back and forth argument. Mm -hmm. Not really an argument, but conversation about it, you know. And I'm under the impression and the feeling that, no, I'm going to leave those those songs that only have a few thousand plays here and there and like they're deep in the catalog and like this new project I have is really gonna, I believe, take me to a much wider audience and it'll be a chance for people to dig and be like, oh wow, look at, I know this one and this one has a million streams, but look at that one, it's only got 12,000. But that's your history. That's your roots. Also that's what that. I was going to get to. Also yeah, that. yeah, you need to preserve that. I love like artists, you know. Totally. Upcomings like because, like I said, I didn't know much, yeah. And I was listening to it the whole way over here, and I was like, Damn, I, I'm one of those people that if I don't like something, I'll turn it off in the first 10 seconds. It doesn't matter what genre of music yeah, yeah. it is, I can listen to it as long as I can see that there's some kind of passion, there's heart, there's love that's put into that style of music. I can listen to it. I didn't change your shit once, and I'm not brown nosing. I'll <laughs> tell you straight up, I'll be like, I didn't like this one, I didn't like that one. I just kept going and listening and listening. Right, so, like. Yeah. That's why she was for her to say it's like I stumbled on it and I listened to everything. Well, if you're looking for passion, that's definitely there. I mean, I I always like um what's the word? Uh not belittle, but like try to like downplay. I'm not a great singer. Never have been. <coughs> I'm a mediocre singer. I'm a guy who can write lyrics and flow. And uh and I'm learning how to sing better and better. But the thing that carries me through is the passion for for the actual craft and, and like the feeling that it gives me when I do it. That's everything. And, and so I think that that's the thing that people connect with the most, you know? Yeah. Mm. And you can definitely tell. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell. <coughs> when I was listening to it, I was like, okay, yeah. You can tell homeboy loves his shit. Well, what's another one that you like? Uh, honestly, don't put me on the spot. I can't remember all of them. Because uh, I, I was driving Push and like, we're that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good Push one. Morning. Habit was a good one. Kelly 101 stuck. <coughs> another one is gone. Like, I'm talking, that one, it put me in the feels. What? I did love that uh, one. Uh, uh, another one gone? Or is another that one. That's what you're saying. Yeah, another one gone. Uh, what was the other one? The one where you were talking about, um, I don't know if you want to bring it up, the whole situation. What, Coast Rica? Yeah. 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 I'm totally okay with bringing okay. that up. I, yeah, the I problem is that I probably won't shut up about it once okay. I start talking. That's the problem. Yeah, no, it came on. I don't know the song title. I just know I was driving, and I was like, I could hear it. <coughs> I could tell. That's what I've heard about the whole situation before through her. Yeah. And then it came on. I was like, okay. And I was listening to it. And I was like, fuck. Well, there's a couple songs mm -hmm. that I talk about it in, but I never really, like, have. It's, like, it's a hard thing to encapsulate in one song whole experience but i guess i have to tell people about it now right right because you're in the hot box <laughs> all right well let me smoke and some we weed. brought it up <laughs> <laughs> you guys talk for a second let me smoke some weed what's his other song uh family uh, real see. family real family is that also about it as well no i wrote real family with callie p mm -hmm. uh 
in Jamaica in 2015 in a studio in Kingston when I was there for a couple months in the springtime before I had gone to, uh, before I had released the album. Grab my pen too, please. <coughs> I actually recorded that before I released my debut album. Do you want me to stop for a second? No, keep going. going. We're All listening. Right, cool. um, before I released my debut you. album in 2015, I was in Jamaica trying to finalize some music videos and stuff like that. And I ended up going to the studio with Cali P and recording the song that I didn't use for the album then, but that I ended up using three years later after the whole Costa Rica thing happened. So that's it's funny how music works like that. I actually just last week had a song with my friend Alific. Shout out Alific. He lives in San Diego. Um, he released a song with me that we recorded 10 years ago. Wow. 10 years ago. You can go listen to it. It just came out six days ago. Okay. So it's like weird. Sometimes music works like that. And this song that I just played for you guys before we started, mm-hmm. uh, I recorded it eight days ago and we're going to release it in a month. You know, So it's like, damn. it depends on how. And do you feel from now till then, I mean... All, like a lot has changed or you still like that sound from 10 years ago or do you feel it's uh the root is the same the root is for the sure same. but the tree has grown a lot for sure. for sure for sure for sure the tree has grown a lot um yeah because there's some artists that don't maybe like their earlier stuff so that's why i'm like are, oh are i don't you okay i don't like i don't like my earlier stuff no but i actually don't i don't I, well the self-deprecation keep going, i don't know why twitch keeps doing that sorry everybody <laughs> yeah. The self-deprecation thing. It's uh, yeah. I just don't want to be overconfident. I mean, I think I can always get better. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like I when I listen to old stuff, I'm like, oh, I would change this, this, and this, and this. But it is what it is. You know, there are pieces of, there are moments in time, like you say. That's the crazy thing about it. I don't know if you can hear, if I'm talking too far away. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, you're um, good. We can hear you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, took a couple of tokes. <coughs> now I'll tell you. <coughs> now I'll tell you about Costa Rica. So I went there. Um, try to keep this more of a conversation. I'll let you guys ask questions. 100%. How about we that? will. You know, okay. Because okay. I don't want to just ramble. But ramble start, first, and then we'll. Because if I start you rambling. You have us captivated, so uh, all right. go ahead. Are you guys captivated? I don't know. I don't know. But I think they are. All right. <laughs> IG up out there. Yeah, Twitter yeah. keeps going off. I don't know what the hell that's about. So oh. see you, Twitch. Yeah, um, late. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <coughs> in 2000. 16, it was January 17th. <coughs> I flew to Costa Rica for what was supposed to be six shows. It was going to be two weeks. I was going to fly back on February uh, 2nd, I think, something like that. It's going to be a little bit of time in between to go hang out and have some fun. I had met uh, this guy in 2014 at a show in California through some ganja connections. And he was the homie. He was like, hey, your music's already playing. Kush Mornings, it's already playing on the radio in Costa Rica. You need to come down. we got to do a tour. Let's build. And I was like, say less. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm super trying to do that. Um, so 2015, I released the album. I toured in Europe. I toured. Uh, in, I went to Jamaica. I, I toured all over the U.S. I got super sick um, while I was in Europe touring. Got double I got pneumonia in both of my lungs. Oh, I had to. I was in the hospital in Italy for four or five days, four days, something like that. Ended up flying, canceling the rest of the tour. Um, missed out on a couple countries that I haven't performed in yet. Still, 
flew home. The doctors in Seattle told me, you got to take six months off, like just rest. But I am an idiot and had just released my debut album and had a tour already lined up for uh, the U.S., like all over the East Coast and the Southeast and uh, Texas and Colorado. And I was like, I'm not going to miss that stupidly not listening to anything i was like no i'm doing this right so instead of six months i took like six weeks off total and i went back in this was in october they told me to take six uh six months and i took i went back in uh no i'm sorry in august they told me to take six months in in october i went back on the road started going around again and then in had this thing scheduled for costa rica in january so I decided to go to this. I wasn't smoking weed. I was being like real good up until like the new year, pretty much. No drinks, just giving my lungs a break, trying to be really healthy. But I was still on the road, still doing not it. doing what the doctor told me to do. Right. <laughs> uh, and so here we are in January. I get to Costa Rica. I'm having an amazing time. I'm performing. Uh, the shows are going great. I'm on the radio. I'm on the television. It was Super cool. Everybody was treating me well. Food was great. Herbs were great. The homies. I was like, man, I love this place. I would like, in my head, like, man, I don't even want to leave. Don't ask. Be careful what you <laughs> wish for. Right. It's basically the <laughs> saying, like, and, and it's really true. So on January uh, 29th, I woke up after playing a really dope show in Puerto Viejo on the night of the 28th. Um, hung out with some people. Had a nice pizza for lunch. Went back, smoked some weed at the little cottage we were staying at. Homie was like, hey, uh, we're not going to smoke weed on the trip. <coughs> I didn't think anything of it because mm -hmm. I was like, all right, whatever. No worries. Um, sometimes we smoke weed, sometimes, sometimes we don't. I knew that there was weed around a lot. I just didn't know what exactly was happening. And then um, we were in the car about an hour later driving from one side of the country to the other. We got pulled over by the cops. They pulled us out of the car. Everything was cool for a second. Then uh, pounds started coming out of the car, and they uh, threw handcuffs on us. Well, <coughs> they put me in jail. I was in jail for a week. After a week, they uh, had an arraignment hearing where I found out that I was being charged for drug trafficking because the cops had made a really shitty search. And originally, uh, I was under the impression that I wasn't being implicated at all. I was just, like, there. But uh, they had rewritten the report to say that I was an accomplice to the trafficking of the of the pounds. It was only two pounds, but it was enough, and it was vacuum sealed. <coughs> it was enough, and it just looked what what it looked like. Wrong place, wrong time, too. Um, and so they charged me with drug trafficking, eight to fifteen years. Oh, wow. Um, but my public defender did an amazing job in the moment, uh, in that very first arraignment hearing, and presented a case basically saying that. Um, if I surrender my phone, wallet, passport, and anything that can get me out of the country, and I have somebody that vouches for me <coughs> in the country, in mm -hmm. Costa Rica, mm -hmm. then it makes more sense for the government to let me live with them than to keep me in jail because it costs right. them money to keep me in jail. Right. So we struck a deal, basically, where I moved in with this family in Puerto Viejo. Excuse me. Moved in with this family in Puerto Viejo. And lived with them for uh, like eight months um, before I ended up moving into my own place uh, because I found out that I was going to be there for longer. 
And so I got my own place, and then the storage just es- uh, evolved, basically. Right. And <coughs> we could talk about this forever, but flash forward 22 months, finally had the trial. Wow. We had the trial. The cops testified. I testified. The guy whose weed it was testified. He told the whole truth. I told the whole truth. One of the cops told the whole truth that w- went his way, and the other one lied through his teeth. The one who lied through his teeth uh, was very clear that he was lying because everybody else's story was relatively the same on both sides of the aisle, you know? And there was a bunch of sto- uh, like uh, problems with the, um, the evidence. Like when they first arrested us, there was like 968 grams or something like that. And then it went into test. And when it came back from testing, it was 930 grams, you know? Oh. They were like, all right, well, if there's a 38-gram discrepancy, then there could be a 380-gram discrepancy. Right. Oh, then there okay. could be, you know? So we just picked apart their whole argument, <coughs> and we ended up being found not guilty, everybody. Oh, good. So we all got off, um, and yeah. So it was a great story. I got my I got my passport back. I was able to fly home and see my family for the holidays, twenty seventeen, and then I moved to California in the springtime of two thousand eighteen. After I spent a couple of months with my mom. Yeah, um, crazy story. But I <coughs> I try not to look at it like I lost two years because at that point. In 2015 and 16, I was. I had plans to go from Costa Rica to move to Los Angeles to start my band and do everything that I'm doing right now, seven years later. So it's, you know, it's something you just can't force the hands of time. You know, you right. gotta you gotta roll with what the universe gives you, and the universe wanted me to sit down and learn a lot and get humble and learn how to be a little more thankful. Mm. So a lesson in everything, yeah. right? Yeah, but anyway, I rambled. Now you ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so let's do this uh, 10 questions in 10 seconds. You ready? 10 questions in 10 seconds. <laughs> it's probably going to take more than 10 seconds. Yeah, but my, brain <laughs> <laughs> my brain can't do that. Go ahead. All right. Sativa, indica, or hybrid? Indica. Um, single or married? All right, ladies. Oh wait, is <laughs> that for, out for yourself? Oh wait, oh, a- am Emma, I single? Oh, yes. Emma. Oh, I thought it was like, do you want to be? Oh, no. Well, uh, I'm like thinking about well, it. Well, I hmm. guess answer both. Uh, right. I, I am single and I am open to whatever the universe offers. I'm looking for a lovely woman. Hmm. Okay. Uh, biggest professional influence for you in your music? That's so hard, man. What? Okay, give us a few. Biggest professional influence. Yeah, who's like your biggest influence professionally, musically? There's got to be one person that you automatically go to. One. There is, but it's artist. just a, it's like a weird. It's not weird. I mean, it's just somebody that no one would say. Okay, well, say it. I mean, not no one would say. He's just amazing, <laughs> but it's I, I don't know, and I don't know how he's like my biggest influence. I just always go to him as like one of my favorites when I was a kid. Now you got me intrigued. I know. So who yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, All right, I know. his name is Luton Faya. Luton and he's a, Faya. Yeah, you don't know him. Uh, you got to check him out. I, I already got a couple songs with him. L U T A N space F Y A H. Yeah. Yep. From uh, from Kingston, Jamaica. All right, your dream gig. My dream gig is um, uh, what I'm doing right now, pretty much, but on like a bigger. Uh, hmm, how do I say this in like a in a cool way? Okay, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just want to do music forever. 
But what's that one gig that once you get on that stage, you're like, all right. Not that I made it, but so are you asking, all dreams like, come true. Like, oh, okay. How do I know that it's actually like really, really working? Yeah. Okay, when I'm on like the Cali Roots or the Cali Vibes, Vibes main stage and the sun is down. Nice. There you go. All right, favorite song of all time. Again, you're you're asking me these questions. I don't I don't do, I don't do these ultimatums. Favorite song point. of all time. I can't point do a favorite this. song of all time. Um, gotta have one. There's gotta be one that like go to. You can't say one though. I have you, one. Well, one of all one, time. One, one song of, of yeah, all time. Just like heaven out nope. of here. Nope. See, I'm I'm a moods guy, and like depending on the mood Same. and the. And I mean, the yeah, the, the moods, mood. vibes, all that. But and I can't play favorites. I really no. don't play favorites. I like my favorite song. Can't do that. I don't Could know. you name five songs? Uh, I'll, I mean, again, I'll name song. I just <laughs> thought of a song that I listened to the other day. A few of them uh, by the band Midnight. You know the band Midnight. Midnight. You need to write that down too. M I D. You get a little bossy over here for me. I'm. If okay. you don't know, if you don't know, I mean, this He's is putting you on game. I'm putting you on game. I know. Oh my god, I feel a little. <laughs> I mean, get Sorry. this in the <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. So I'm a little pushy. Uh, um, midnight. M I D N I T E. Um, uh, the song that I was going to mention is called "Seek Knowledge Before Vengeance." Powerful, Oof. but anyway, that alone is powerful. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, it's. I mean, these guys. You're also li listen to an album called Ras Neck Peace, R A S space N E K space P E A C E, and another album and another album called Unpolished. I was just talking about this the other day. Uh, Unpolished. Unpolished. Both all all of that's by the band Midnight. Got it. They um. <laughs> yeah, they were super influential to me it, when I was like 14 to 22, something like that, as a young, like searching spiritual youth. Um, because I discovered reggae and then s quickly went into more of, of the deeper spiritual roots of Rastafari and reggae music. <coughs> and that band is very crucial now, even more so because the lead singer. Akai Becca Von ben Benjamin, rest, mm -hmm. in, rest in peace. He passed away uh, a couple years ago now, and um, his lyrics just like are prophetic in reality. But to some people, he is actually like a prophet. And if you go listen to that, he just, he just chants, and it's pretty incredible. Um, <coughs> so I would, I'm sure I'll, I'll say something like that's one of my favorites. I'm, but the thing about me is that. I'm a multifaceted person, mm -hmm. and so like yeah, I have this like d desire to like know myself spiritually, and roots reggae does that. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but I also like beautiful women and and like banging beats, and dance on music does that for me too. Right. And so like it, there's, you know, I have a I guess if I had to say like do I have a favorite dancehall artist right now would be Popcon. You know Popcon. Popcon. You know Popcon. Yes. Yeah. I'm a G dot. I love popcorn. And there's <laughs> I don't a new have to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of Yaksta? No. Y a k s t a. He's a, a very like very smart, witty, lyrical dancehall. My ass has a lot of homework. Ooh. I know I you do. <laughs> I got a lot of homework. Well, this is what you get when you ask me about favorites because yes, like this is what we if want, you though. asked me about this like a year IG, ago, IG better I be writing that down. I would have said something different. <laughs> it, maybe not the loot on the midnight and the popcorn thing, but Yax is a new he's a new arrival on the scene. I've known about him for a little bit, but he just released a new album 
uh, called 22. You should go check that out. All right. I got one question. Yes. Have you ever got any backlash from, like, the Rastafari community? No, that's the funny thing is I never get any backlash from uh, Rasta or uh, Jamaican people. The only backlash I've ever got, which is few and far between anyway, mm-hmm. <coughs> but the only backlash I've ever got has been from uh, white people that don't really understand, like, what's happening. Mm. Gotcha. Um, and I forgive them for that because I'm still a guest in the culture and it's my duty to, like, educate uh the ones around me who don't know, you know? And I think that's one of the things that uh, Jamaican people appreciate w- about what I do. Mm-hmm. It's not a farce. Like, I really have been to Jamaica a few times. I have spent my life loving and studying both the culture and the language. And when I do use it in my music, I use it correctly. Uh, and and I also have, like, a deep reverence for it. Okay. So, um, like, the people that are involved in the culture recognize that like mm-hmm. right away usually um and if they don't and they don't and they don't like it they haven't said anything to me yet okay cool. um but the people that have come up to me have been like basically tourists you know like they don't really know no. right. about what it is or 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 people i mean yeah i'm i don't i'm not gonna go too deeply into it but people that like are they dabble they dip their toe in the culture mm-hmm. and they themselves aren't comfortable Mm-hmm. And so they're projecting their own uncomfortability on me, uncomfortability onto me, who's somebody who's quite comfortable traversing the different parts of reggae music, whether it be a dance hall session in Hollywood at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. or, you know, the Cali Vibes afternoon right. set with, you know, a reggae rock band or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I have... Uh, yeah, I guess that answers it. I just got into a whole conversation about that with Raz Rebel at Deep Piazza's on Sunday because mm-hmm. we were there for uh, Roots Reggae, mm-hmm. and we we got into that whole conversation. So when he comes on, we're getting back into that conversation. I've talked to him about it, too. Yeah. Uh, he's very passionate. Very passionate. Yeah, but the thing is uh, where he and I agree um, is that as guests, it's our duty to try to uh, educate the other guests. Mm-hmm. You know, since we're uh, we're participating guests, I'm, I'm, I'm not just in the scene watching as a guest. I'm in the scene, like, actively trying to be involved. And so, like, right. when I turn around to people that are in the scene just watching, I want to make sure that I'm also um, exposing them to the things I think that are important about the culture and the people that they should know about and that's why you know that's why it's okay that you have no idea who i just mentioned because i'm a nerd you know and these people are coming up or they're legendary that they deserve to to be known right you know yeah okay all right so kind of going staying on that roots thing do you feel that that's getting lost in today's reggae uh, no, I just think it's not what's highlighted mm. um, because there are bands like Earthcry. Oh, yeah. And there are more than just Earthcry. There are, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are more. I don't know about them mm-hmm. because it's hard. Um, in a sense, yeah, it's getting lost because it's hard uh, just the system, the way the system's set up to get a visa. Mm. And you have to have the money. First year, you have to have the money to get the visa. Then you have the money to get the plane ticket. Then you have to have the money to get 
everything coordinated. You have to make the links. It, that's why it's so amazing what these guys are able to do independently. Bands like Earth Cry that just tour and tour and tour and tour and tour and tour. Once they get over here, they have no time to waste. They have to make every day count, right. you know, um, because it's hard for them to get over here, which is why you know, I was talking to some uh, of my Jamaican uh, friends and uh, counterparts in the industry, and they were telling me that we often forget about that very first barrier, the reason why bands like me and Revolution and Slightly Stupid and, I mean, I can't put myself on their level, you know, but, like, bands in, in our vein of foreigners that do this genre mm -hmm. even had a chance is because the system is set up so that these Jamaican people can't even get here to perform. Because right. if they could get here to perform, they would be doing the real deal shit and, right. and we would be, you know, watching. Eventually, like, sure, like, as, as, as everything happens, like, the culture catches and people start to make their own music and, and who knows where it would go. But I feel like if the system wasn't inherently set up against black people uh, and melanated people uh, of all over the world, but right. we're specifically talking about Jamaica, um, if they were allowed to tour here, there would be much more representation. There already would be much more representation throughout the decades of their music and their culture here. And uh, I mean, sure, eventually, like bands, good, good American reggae bands would rise to the top. But I think that the um, like the lane would have been a lot smaller for us as foreigners doing the music, and or at least it would it just would have been more shared. You know, that's what I mean. Right. Um, and so that's one thing that we have to try to do, which is why it's really cool that you see bands like. Um, Revolution and Soja taking on, I mean, Revolution took on Luton Fire for a whole summer tour. Mm. <coughs> uh, they took on Kabaka Pyramid. Right. Um, uh, Soja's got a show coming up with Protege, Jesse Royal. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're doing that. <coughs> and those are the leaders of the Jamaican new school of reggae roots in terms of like uh, hitting the US scene. But there's so many others that we can highlight, you know, that aren't as elevated yet in their careers as. You know the Jessies, the proteges, and Kabakas, and Leila Ikes, and them. I love that he answers my questions before I can even ask. <laughs> ask them. Love it. I know. I love when you. Well, that sucks oh, because like now, now, what are you gonna ask me? <laughs> Wait, I got four more questions. Oh shit. Okay. All right. <sighs> We're going back to your faves. <laughs> the questions you hate. He's like, oh, what's shit. the fa What's your all-time favorite song of your own? Your own songs. Questions, Mo. Because um, I can. Brain, oh, it sucks, man. <laughs> All right, I got a question. Wait, yes. wait, he's got no, 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 no. <laughs> Pivot. Okay. Pivot. Pivot. All right, fine. Pivot. How critical oh. are you on your own? That's not the one I was going to do. Hey, that works, though. Oh, wait, not that one. No. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. That, that works actually. <laughs> Are you just really critical on your own music? Like, like even yeah. after it comes out, like totally. you're like, oh, shit, I, sh I should have done this or I should have tried that. Totally. Okay. So is that why it's hard to pick your top five songs or? Yeah, and it's also it's a mood thing. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, um, if you ask me, what is the song that's done? Uh, 
what's the song that's done the most for me uh, recently is Chase Them mm-hmm. in terms of like locally around here. And before yeah. that, it was Cali 101. And before that, it was um, so shout out Dread Kennedy on both of those. Dread Kennedy little, and Shaka. Little through line on that one. Um, yeah, big up shocks. Uh, but also the song that I'm like proud of. It's so weird. We were talking about how numbers lie, you know, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. But even then, like our ego still like when you have something that has big numbers, you're like, yeah, I did that, you know. So I would right. answer, oh, the the song that I'm like proud of is the one that has the big numbers. But a few of them have decent numbers, but one of them's got good numbers, you know, and that's as good as it seems. And it's a big tune, and I love performing it, and it's got a really great message. Um, so that answers <laughs> your question. <laughs> as good as it seems is my favorite song of mine. There you go. Yeah, All right, I have one. to write that down, so next time somebody <laughs> asks me that, I'll just go straight to the point instead of rambling. <laughs> All right, nonsense. easy. Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Uh, but if I had to choose, it's going to be weird. I haven't had a Pepsi in a while. I don't know. I have like, <laughs> I know everybody would choose a Coke, but I mean, I mean, if we're uh, I got a one, two Burger King or McDonald's fries. Mm, the fries, <laughs> <laughs> probably Burger King fries. I don't know, man. It's That's really why hard. We get along. Are you um, lefty or righty? I'm a lefty. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Favorite color? Um, it's like this blue. <laughs> Seriously, it's like something That's like a, a teal. Blue. It's like a teal blue. Like it reminds Sounds me. like a Tiffany blue. All right. Well, it, yeah, sure. <laughs> it reminds me. It, Tiffany, <laughs> it's okay. It reminds me of the of the sunshine and warm water, water and um, oh, yeah. and and palm trees and and peace of mind. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Does anybody on IG have any questions? Can you read Write that? your questions? No. Actually, I can. <laughs> I Actually, cannot. I really can. No, I can't. Like, <laughs> I, I see nothing. I see waves and then hearts every so now and then. <laughs> Playing with my soundboard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep going. I'm going to start a podcast and do this shit. <laughs> anytime, anytime. All right. All right. So, any last questions for Mr. Hustle? <sighs> oh, San Diego show. Where's it at? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, it's uh, March 29th. When does this come out? As soon as I upload it. Yeah. Oh, so like right now? <laughs> Plus, there are also going to be yeah. people watching right now from SD. Hey, guys, if you're in San Diego, if you're in San Diego, March 29th, uh, I'm playing at Winston's. Ooh, Winston's. Yes. It's a free show with my band, 9 p.m. Me, for the first time ever with my band, with my band in San Diego. I've played in San Diego a bunch. A lot of times, actually, with my homie, uh, who's going to be putting the show to g- putting it on uh, DJ Unite from Traffic King Sound. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, so he's he's been a longtime supporter of me. So I'm really excited that we are doing uh, the first Bobby Hustle awesome. band show with him at uh, what is called Club Culture Wednesday night free event at, uh, where's it, Winston's. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Rest in peace, Carlos Culture. Same way. Was yeah. there a question or no? 
Did you go look? Oh, no. I was like, what are you talking about? I already asked. Mom was high here. <laughs> no, they were just saying, what a pleasure. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Big I mean, up he's everybody. all right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I appreciate you. Um, shout out Dem Irie Vibes. Hey. Any sponsors you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, shout out Popcorn. Hey. And, um, Not announced yet. Coming soon. Let's <laughs> no. fuck it. Let's just jump in. Well, I don't know. Shout them out. They're right. They're right there. They're right here. Get your popcorns. Joey's gotta pay me for that, by the way. <laughs> Joey. All right, Mr. Hustle. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. What a pleasure. I wish you all the success in this. Thank you. Yeah. Our outro oh. music. <laughs> <laughs> if you hit that one, can you also hit another oh, one? Oh, yeah. going to play with it? No, he's going to play with it. Bye. Bye. Bye.